from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded Thursday, March the 1st, 2018. This is episode 44. They went with the chicken. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I am Jason Snell, your host. I'm joined by two wonderful guests this week. Florence Ion is back, host of Material and all about Android, and she knows lots of stuff about Android that uh, it's kind of relevant this week because it was Mobile World Congress. Hi, Flo. Hi, and Smart Home. I actually started covering a lot of Smart oh, Home and stuff. Oh, and there was, there was, we, we have Smart Home things oh, to talk yeah. about, too. Oh, oh yeah. man, <laughs> there's so much going on. All right. Also joining us, his first time on the show, although he's been on like 90,000 podcasts with me over the years, senior editor at Tom's Guide, my former colleague at Macworld, Philip Michaels. Hi, Phil. Hello, and as I always say whenever I appear on one of these podcasts, someone interesting must have canceled. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's strange how that how that sometimes happens. But we love having you here, though, regardless. Yes, thank you. Okay, topic number one. Let's just do it. Samsung, Mobile World Congress, Barcelona. Apparently the weather was really crappy this time. That's too bad. It's a shame. Um, it, Galaxy S9 from Samsung. We mentioned this last week. Some specs leaked. But uh, still, we've got we've got the new flagship phone. This is going to be one of the you know one or two of the most popular phones in the world. It's a big deal. Uh, similar design to the S8. Uh, they did some things. They moved the fingerprint reader so you don't stick your finger on top of the camera, which is a good idea. <laughs> you know, Snapdragon eight four five processor. Uh, they, it's it's still got a headphone jack. Other than unlike some other phones that we might mention later, uh, and running Android Oreo. So. Uh, Flo, what's your what's your first take on the on the Galaxy S nine? The only reason it runs Android Oreo is because it's a new phone, which is just such a Samsung thing. Uh, I'm I'm just making a remark about the fact that uh, <laughs> Samsung did not pass the test on software updates. A lot of the Galaxy S eights are still on last year's. Anyway, it, it's just. It, the reason I bring this up is because that's how I feel about MWC this year. I feel like the phone, the phone layout has just become, at least in the Android side of things, it still feels like kind of a mess. And it's just like, I don't really want to be a part of that anymore because I've got my Pixel 2 over here. That's pretty great. Hmm. Um, but I guess as, as far as the Galaxy S9, I mean, it's, it's really your quintessential upgrade uh iteration iterative upgrade i should say which samsung has been doing a lot of the past couple of years and i think that's also why this year it's kind of like all right i mean i guess this is what february is for now every single year is just for samsung to tell us what the new specs are on the new phone <laughs> And how it's incrementally approved it over time. There's a lot of incremental improvement going on in smartphones. I think we, last time you were on, we talked about this a little bit because uh, the iPhone 10 was a push forward for Apple, but that was after like two or three years of incremental improvement, right? We actually had this conversation on Clockwise, oh. I recall now, when I was at PC World. <laughs> we had a similar conversation about a Samsung phone. Uh, which it, it's all coming back to me now. And it's, it's just kind of because that's, I, 
that's where I feel the pattern has sort of been the last couple of years. I will say it just, I was quickly Googling, um, while you were introing the topic just to kind of see like what the new headlines are on the Galaxy S9. Um, and already like DXO Mark, which I know is not the end all be all here, but, uh, they gave it, you know, high ratings one point ahead of the Google Pixel 2. So it's just interesting to see that like, in the Android side of things, the spec war sort of still exists. But as a consumer, I'm like, okay, but I just see a new phone. <laughs> what? What's? Why should I get it? <laughs> right. Hard, it's maybe harder to get excited about incremental yeah. spec boosts in a, where there are other similar phones as well. Still, you know, Samsung is Samsung, and they're gonna they're they've got a loyal audience, and they're gonna market it. Oh and yeah, and it's gonna sell incredibly well because it's. Samsung. Uh, Phil, what's your takeaway about the Galaxy S9? I, I will be a, a little bit more laudatory, I, I think. <laughs> um, I, it, the um, the big story with the, the S9 is is the camera and the improvements there. Um, yeah, on the Pixel side of things, or on the Pixel side of things, on the Android side of things, I should say, the, the Pixel uh, 2 is clearly the, the camera champ, and, and really flip a coin to decide whether the, the iPhone 10 or the uh, Pixel 2 take Takes, takes better photos. The S9, I think, is is really going to challenge those two phones. Um, we've had a chance to um, uh, test it out at, at Tom's Guide, and we've posted a few uh, preliminary shots. It does um, do what it says on the label by performing well in low-light settings, um, which I think a lot of people are going to like. Some of the Coloring might be a little bit off, though. Not my 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 eye is not so discerning that I that I look at that and go, oh. Eh. But it's um it's a really impressive camera. Um, so the Snapdragon eight forty five is gonna outperform other Android devices. Having benchmarked a reference design phone uh, myself, uh, it's not going to be as fast as um, Apple's current uh, smartphones are with the. A11 Bionic chip, but um, uh, it's a nice phone. It's not if you've got a Galaxy S8, you don't need to rush out and um, and and get a new one. But if you and and actually, if you are looking at a phone, you might want to consider the Galaxy S8 because prices on that are about to really drop uh, with the S9 uh, pre-orders beginning tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's it's. I, I, I was trying to be more laudatory. The, the camera is good. It's a very good camera. It's there. a dual aperture. Uh, yeah. Dual aperture f1.5 over f2.4, which means it can switch between the two. The way I understand it, it can just quickly switch, give that nice blur focus effect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the big speed component <laughs> that we haven't talked no, about. No, sure. <laughs> Um, which I know it was a thing that came last year that was introduced last year, uh, the Bixby voice assistant. But I think it's worth noting that Samsung did mention, DJ Co did mention that a speaker from Samsung would be on the way. And it's just kind of this quiet thing that's happening that's bubbling between the surface. Uh, this Bixby assistant that's definitely, definitely gunning for the big three. They're on the market right now. I know this is about phones, but I feel like the one, the one thing that's, that's, uh, the thematic element and MWC is not just iterative specifications, uh, you know, phones just getting better. It's also the fact that all these phones are now coming with an assistant of some sort. And the Galaxy S9 is the one that is pushing its own assistant versus 
the Google Assistant. And doesn't it have both? It does, but the marketing... (laughs) <laughs> marketing doesn't sound great when you go we have you know <laughs> yeah well this so this came up last week because I, I i think i might have invented probably not the idea of uh assistant fragmentation where it's like a little bit confusing about like wait there are two yeah. people inside my phone now and what do i do <laughs> although uh you know one of the I mean, Bixby gets a lot of mockery, but it's uh, the last week what we talked about was the idea that Bixby is a kind of device assistant in a way that that like Google is Google Assistant is a cloud assistant. And Bixby is is trying to be there so that you can do things like, uh, you know, adjust settings on the device. But still, you know, isn't this this seems like very uh typical familiar samsung of well we want to own this we don't want to, we're going to layer add our own layer on because we think it's important that there be a samsung feature on the phone and uh, you know is is bixby good enough it, it, can samsung make bixby good enough for its customers to forget about the google assistant i don't think so um they really haven't added anything that that has made me uh, say, oh, well, that's why you have Bixby. Uh, About the closest thing that is there is the Bixby vision feature, which which got an update in this go-round to where it can now do translation when you point the uh, S9's camera at a a sign or a menu or someplace with uh, a text you don't understand. And and that's impressive. But again, it, it seems like Google Lens, which is uh, uh, trickling out to other phones, seems like that. It it sounds like a Me Too feature uh, still. (laughs) They made a couple of updates to Bixby just to try and give it more of a usage case, um, I think, outside of the, hey, Bixby, take a selfie. Um, Also, I think it's worth mentioning the AR emoji, just to... (laughs) sort of jump off oh, yeah. the Bixby oh, thing real quick. Oh, boy. <laughs> because the, uh, I hear you out there. Um, it it was a very much... Speaking of Me Too features, AR emoji, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Isn't it like... It's, it's like an emoji, but if your own soulless face were put on a puppet. Yes. Yes. And that's actually um, that's actually how Andy Anotko uh, described it when uh, we recorded material yesterday was like a ventriloquist dummy that looks like it's the person controlling it in kind of like that really creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely see it with these AR emoji. And I'm sorry, but I did roll my eyes when I heard when I heard um when I heard the announcement about them, because I know that uh, the Animoji on iOS have been very popular. I see it in my own social feeds. I see uh, friends and people I know, like their kids using the Animoji, like having fun with it, which is totally what it's meant for. But just to make this, you know, grandstanding AR emoji, they look like you. I don't know. It just... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it's enticing me much. And they, they really don't look like you, though. No. Because the, we, we, my colleagues, uh, Caitlin McGarry and uh, and Mark Spoonauer both tested it. And the AR emoji that, that supposedly are them look nothing like them. It's it's generic man and generic woman. And you can <laughs> customize it a little bit. And, and and this is why Apple went with the chicken and the robot yeah, and, exactly. the, and, and the poop. <laughs> because, you know, you don't look at the poop and go, oh, that, that doesn't look like me at all you just go oh it's talking poop <laughs> very true oh samsung anything else um steven you put in the notes here that it's got like a super slow-mo uh detection mm-hmm. thingy that's that's uh that sounds interesting i mean i, I like that this is 
I mean, we're talking about software innovation versus hardware innovation. And, and Samsung's always gotten a lot of uh, credit, as it should, for its hardware push forward, that it's got very good at hardware. I remain skeptical of its software, but as we just mentioned, but the hardware stuff sounds cool. And this camera is, uh, in addition to the, the image quality, like the slow-mo features and the telephoto lens and all that, it's like, it, it, that sounds cool. Yeah, it can capture uh, 960 frames a second, as can some other phones that are using the Snapdragon 845, so it's not just a Galaxy S9 feature at this point, but the way Samsung does it, this isn't you hold your phone up for two minutes and film this, it's a lot of data. So it only actually does it for a very short window of time. And the way you do it, you kind of tap a box out on the screen. And when it detects motion in that box, then it fires. So MKBHD did a video of a dog jumping up on a table and so he had the phone and he kind of put the box at the edge of the table and then it started the slow-mo when the dog was sort of midair. It's very clever. Uh, and if it works that well, you know, in all sorts of circumstances, that's, that's pretty cool. 960 frames a second is, is, is just really nice, buttery smooth. Um, and uh, so they're, they're pushing the boundary there a little bit. Yeah, Sony Sony offers a similar feature um, yep. on it on its cameras, but the difference there is that it doesn't have that um, auto detection. You kind of have to manually operate it, which gets a little bit awkward trying to sense: is this a good moment to turn on the super slow mo? Oh no, this is, and and so um, in, in that sense, I think uh, Samsung uh, uh, really added a, a, a smart feature to mm-hmm. its phone. I will say I do love all the little features that have always been bundled in with the Samsung, the camera features that have been bundled in with the Samsung phones. They're pretty fun. If you're feeling, you know, creative, it's great to have that. And I still see Samsung as as far as the landscape of phones go. It's in its own category. Like Jason said, it's got this very healthy, happy fan base, um, made even more so, I think, through the last like two phones that have come out because they've just been, I mean, they've been phenomenal. But uh, but I also feel like this year it's it's just going to be a slightly different game just because, you know, Google's trying to be a little more independent of, you know, it's still the Android maker, but it's trying to be its own independent thing. And so I also see Samsung trying to make its its own its own character in in this Android world, like establishing itself. Um, and I'm curious. I'm I'm going to be curious to see. I feel like we'll see more of that towards the end of the year once we get more of an idea of what Samsung's going to do with its assistant. All right, we will uh, check back. Yes, Samsung is not going to be quiet. Everybody pays attention as it should to Samsung. But there are more phones and more things to talk about from Mobile World Congress. And we'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Download is brought to you by text expander from our friends at smile you can communicate smarter with text expander create snippets for things you type or copy and paste all the time you might want to set up a snippet for website urls or email addresses or today's date or time answers to common questions in your business whatever it is you can summon your snippets in any app on mac windows iphone and ipad just using an abbreviation or search for them using a hotkey one while you're typing you can even tailor each snippet with fill-in fields if you need a little more personalization so create an email reply system with text expander have a snippet on hand every time you send a certain kind of email Uh, you can power up your whole team by sharing snippets so everybody's replies are using the same language which is really good to be consistent across a team if you spend any amount of your day typing you need to try text expander it's the smartest way to improve the workflow of your communications go to textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year just tell them you heard about it on download that's textexpander.com slash podcast 
Get 20% off for your first year when you tell them that you came from Download. Thank you to Text Expander for supporting Download. Topic number two, back to Mobile World Congress for all the stuff that wasn't Samsung. So Sony and Asus showed off mid-tier smartphones. Uh, Nokia did something interesting. Uh, Android Go phones were there. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know where we want to start here. Do you want other, other, um, other smartphones from companies like Sony and Asus? Maybe we should start there. Um, uh, do either of you have, uh, have any things that popped out from the other uh, phones on display? There was an inkling of a possible. Well, there's a little, there's a little something going around in the like the rumor leak community, uh, rumor leak Twitter, as I like to call it, uh-huh. uh, of a, a supposed LG flagship that was supposed to exist. I don't know. That one is just out there. Um, it has a notch. Just by the way. Um, and there's also a uh, LG V30 Plus, I believe. Um, it is a variant with ThinkQ in the, on the ThinkQ platform. The, the 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 official name, and it really trips off the tongue here. So so back up, everyone. Is the LG V30s? Oh, thank ThinkQ. you. Oh, that's the one where they just they just updated the RAM and said it was a new phone it yeah it has the ai capabilities where you point your camera at something and it goes oh that's a dog so i'll uh set the exposures so that it it's good for a dog the story i read though is that the <laughs> v30s are going to get that software update which means i mean i read a story i think it might have been the verge that basically said so basically this was just a platform to announce a software update and that the new model has more ram and storage like it's it, it's interesting that that it's it's a little bit like what Flo was saying about Samsung. There seems to be among people who cover uh, Android phones some skepticism about the speed at which these phones are being updated. Well, I mean, imagine if you bought your LG V30 and threw down your $800 just a couple mm-hmm. months ago and, and LG says, oh, and this one can do AI and yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd burn the place down. Or yeah, exactly. at least I would. Oh, no, so, I'm, I'm never going to criticize Android phone makers for actually rolling out software updates to older phones. I think bravo yeah. to them for yeah. doing it. And yeah. It, and in a way, I think LG uh, deserves a little bit of credit because um, normally they they uh, update their G series at mm-hmm. uh, Mobile World Congress, and this year they didn't do that. And in a way, it's it's an acknowledgement that yeah, we're going to update phones now when we have something to update, and not just uh, tweak a spec here or a spec there and call it a, a new new phone. So I mean, the, yeah, they did apparently have this this prototype floating around that Flo mentioned, uh, but we're not really expecting that to come out into the summer and mm. I, I i think if we can get away from the annual update cycle for for flagship phones that would be a a very nice thing preach it yeah i'm okay i'm okay with that too should we talk about what the heck nokia did uh yes 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 please can we talk about the banana phone yeah yeah let's do it now <laughs> for those who who remember uh, I can't believe that people refer to this as an old movie now, but some people do. It was it was The Matrix. You may remember The Matrix from uh, starring Keanu Reeves. Yes, from way back in 1999. So it was 
the previous millennium. I'll give you that. Uh, Filmed in black and white, directed by Billy Wilder. Exactly. Cary Grant was in it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Keanu Reeves, uh, Cary Grant. They were the stars. There was Cary Grant played Morpheus. Anyway, um, the the phone from that 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 cool Nokia banana phone with the slider and all of that that was like the hot phone. That movie has lots of Sony mini discs in it too, just to place it in technology time period. If you watch it now, you're like, whoa, mini discs. I think the actual line of dialogue from Keanu Reeves. So, uh, but that phone is back. The Nokia eighty one ten reloaded. What what is happening here? Uh, It is it is a Nokia phone. uh, it's from what I understand, the interface is Nokia, but it actually has the Google Assistant and Google Maps built in, as well as Twitter and Facebook um, and Snake, thankfully, because oh, wow. somebody has to play something and a promised standby time of 25 days. Uh, and it's dual SIM. So it sort of like shows you like what market this is meant for. This is less than 100 bucks. So a less than 100 bucks with Google Assistant and Maps built in. And 25 days of standby time. I don't know. It sounds like the phone that I need to put in like my earthquake kit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's it's running the Kia OS, I believe, is the, the which allows it to do those, those stripped down stripped down versions of uh, Gmail and uh, Google Maps and Facebook. Um, and, and it could eventually find its way to the U.S. Uh, I, I believe the 3310, which is the the rebooted uh, smart, uh, feature phone that they they did at Mobile World Congress last year, eventually uh, trickled its way over here. This one, the 8110, also has 4G connectivity. That's right. Which will make it useful here. Interesting bet. Um, I mean, nostalgia is a hell of a drug regardless, but um, the idea that for some people, maybe maybe so, like a a relatively low-cost phone that has amazing standby time and does have some basic connectivity like the Google Assistant and Google Maps and, you know, some other apps, plus, of course, Snake. Uh, you know, not everybody, not everybody needs or wants a super powerful smartphone. And I I can see that argument here. I'm not entirely sure that the market for this is, is particularly large, but I I can kind of see the argument that, that maybe if you can put the Google assistant into a phone, um, that it doesn't necessarily need to run all the apps that are in an app store. If I were a parent, which I'm not yet, I feel like this would be a great phone for the kids who you don't want to give a smartphone to, but you still want to give them some functionality that they need in this day and age. Like, I can imagine turning on the share location functionality on Google Maps, if that's even available on this, and like being able to use that, being able to have assistant to deal with all like the smart home stuff at home. I don't know. I I just think about I think about the future. Uh, now I'm at this. Now that I'm at this point in my life, and thinking about how phones, uh, the, the different sort of use cases that we could have for these things in the U.S., like in a first world place where you know you, we don't all have to have smartphones, do we? <laughs> I don't know the kids. The kids want to play the games on the smartphones. Although, I, although I got to say, my my son, uh, we got a phone when he went to middle school, and so he has a, a, a an old iPhone hand me down. And the fact is, he doesn't use his iPhone. He uses he uses an iPad, and he you know, but he does not he does not really use the iPhone for anything other than to stay in touch. So that doesn't need to be a smartphone. That could be that could be a, other than we use it for location, as you said. But beyond that, it, it doesn't really get used for that. He's got other devices for that. And again. The, that's a nice nice thing to have another device that you can use but um i don't know 
I, I, it is, it is nostalgia, but I think that w- when we're mm-hmm. in our tech circles, it's also worth at least saying that not everybody needs a smartphone, whether it's a kid or even an adult, uh, and, and sometimes older adults and sometimes people who just don't, like, for the way they live their life, they, they just don't need all that extra expense and complication. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat down the banana phone just because it's nostalgia, although it totally is that. And, and another, another, take on that is not everyone needs a high-end feature phone and mm-hmm. uh zte uh introduced a new uh uh model and it's it's higher end budget lineup the the v9 uh it introduced and it's a it, it gets some of these premium features but it's going to be in a phone that's around uh, Sub three hundred dollars, I think, when it comes to the U.S. The trick is when it will come to the U.S. They it probably won't come in the form that uh, ZTE showed off in Barcelona. Rather, it'll uh, be some uh, carrier tied model, either with uh, your crickets or your Metro PCSs that uh, that has a, a, a different name, but some of the same uh, features like uh, like dual rear cameras and and whatnot. Hey Flo, what about what about Android One and Android Go? What do you think about those? There, so there were a lot of Android Go phones announced at MWC this year. Now Android Go is more meant for markets outside of ours, so more for emerging markets because they're super low cost, super uh, low power. I guess I should say. Um, Alcatel released a phone. Nokia released a phone. Uh, Huawei, a company called Lava, ZTE did. Um, definitely lots of manufacturers in that realm. Now, Android One is the one, the one that we're going to see more of here in the US. You can already get an Android One phone on Project Fi, which is the Moto X4. Um, Nokia was a big purveyor in that particular category. So in addition to sort of riding the nostalgia train and launching Android Go phones, they also launched a couple of Android One phones, the Nokia 7 Plus, the Nokia 8 Sirocco, which is just like such a sexy name. I just love saying it. <laughs> and the 2018 edition of the Nokia 6. So they all have Android One, which is which is Android. It's just... This easier to use, kind of pared down version of what you'd get like on the Pixel. Um, and I think it's great for exactly that use case that Phil was talking about, like the person who doesn't need a high end phone, but who wants all of those spectacular um, Android features. And and anything that lets you get on Project Fi without having to pay up for a Pixel mm-hmm. is, a, is a good uh Good addition to the mix. Yeah. And I mentioned Nokia, too, because there were a couple of other brands, but I like there was a Spanish brand called BQ that showed off two Android One smartphones. But um, I doubt we're going to see those here. The Nokia ones, though, they look really nice. And I have to say, HMD Global, after having taken over Nokia, they've really done a number on them, like just kind of whipping them up into shape. I... I like it. I like what I see. Anything else we haven't covered in terms of the phones at Mobile World Congress that you guys think uh, is worth talking about, whether you're excited about it or you thought it was ridiculous? This would be a a good time. Uh, Last little tidbit is the integrated uh, fingerprint reader into the Vivo Apex Apex concept phone. So this is in the screen uh, fingerprint reader. Yes, that's that's about the only exciting part. It's just the- <laughs> that, that 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 also had like the pop up camera, did it yes. not? That yes. is no no pop up cameras. Uh, Huawei did that with its um its MateBook 
uh, X, I believe, uh, it has a little camera that pops up among the, the function keys so that you can uh, webcam that way and make it disappear when you when you don't want people spying on you. Yeah, I, I like the uh, uh, the pop up thing. It, it's it, it's almost a demonstration of like and this is why. Apple put a notch in the iPhone 10 is, <laughs> or you could have a, a little spy eye that pops up out of the, you know, like a submarine periscope when you want to take a selfie. It seems like a, Oh, Oh, and the not, the notch is, I was the, just going to say, it's going to spread to, to more phones. There's some serious notch envy happening too, where everybody's like, yes. yep, we oh, also have a my notch. Gosh. Uh, the, the one we'll see in, in, in the, in the States is the Azus uh, five and five Z has the, has the notch. But boy, if you, if you live in China, you are going to be not, happy because all the the chinese phone makers had uh phones on display that had a little little notch on the dis- uh, on, on the screen apparently the notch is the new the hot new aesthetic because the thing is on the aces phone it doesn't even like serve a purpose the notch at least on the iphone 10 it serves a purpose like there are things inside that notch that's the right. reason that notch exists for that display to look the way that it does there are scanners in there there are things reading your face uh there's nothing of that sort in the aces phone it's just a notch for notch's sake it's not crazy yeah well you know it's it seems ridiculous because it is ridiculous but there it is like i yeah i don't even know we have a notch we all have notches isn't it great everybody the notches will continue until morale improves <laughs> oh boy and on that note i'm going to take another break and tell you about our next sponsor uh this episode is also brought to you in part by our friends at pingdom pingdom is awesome because they help keep your website and uh, the sites you love online pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times stuff breaks on the internet all the time. Every month, Pingdom detects about 13 million outages, more than 400,000 a day. So regardless of whether you've got a little website or you're managing a large infrastructure, it's very important to monitor its availability and performance. You don't want your site to be down and know nothing about it until you get that complaint from a customer on Twitter or in an email or something like that, or maybe an angry boss. That's why you need Pingdom. It's easy to get started. Pingdom needs the URL. That's all. The Where do you want to monitor? They take care of the rest, and they will alert you immediately when your site or part of your site goes down go to pingdom.com slash relay fm right now you'll get a 14-day free trial no credit card required and when you sign up use the code download at checkout and you'll get 30 percent off your first invoice thank you to pingdom for supporting the show and all of relay fm now it's time for the story you might have missed something that may have flown under your radar but is worth mentioning strato launch is a space company led by Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen. They are building a gigantic plane designed to take a rocket into the atmosphere and launch it from the air. When we say gigantic, we're not kidding. It's essentially, imagine two 747s that share the same wing. Yes, there are two fuselages, and the space between the fuselages is where the rocket would go. It's got a wingspan of 385 feet, six jet engines capable of carrying payloads up to 550,000 pounds. Well, the Strato launch did a uh, next step in its evolution this week. It uh, taxied on the taxiway. It didn't did it take off? No, it did not. But it did go up to 46 miles per hour on a very very large runway because everything the Strato launch does is large. Its hangar is large, its fuselage is large, its wheels are large, and its runway is large. But they're hoping to fly it in 2019. I wonder whether the pilot is in the left fuselage or the right fuselage or do they have like the pilot in one and the co-pilot in another and they wave at each other. 
it, it is you gotta look at the pictures it is amazing and kind of absurd but it's also kind of brilliant because the amount of um, rocket fuel you save if you launch from the high atmosphere where the air is much thinner is pretty dramatic and it can cut down on on costs assuming you have a giant airplane from which to launch it steven you and i talk about space all the time uh and on our own podcast liftoff that people can listen to if they want to but uh this one this one is a especially wacky story isn't it it's uh it's not necessarily a unique idea uh some other other companies have done this because you because like you said there's a lot of benefit when it comes to fuel consumption but there are limitations you know it, it can only hold so much weight it can only hold so large of a rocket but if you have a smaller payload this uh this has been proven to be successful and you know they are starting from scratch building this plane with its ridiculous wingspan ridiculous hangar um and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of this going on in space right you have spacex of course which kind of sucks all the oxygen out of the room but you also have blue origin and and you've got uh these folks and you have uh the Sierra Nevada company they're building sort of like a space shuttle that got left in the dryer too long and is smaller than the space shuttle there's a lot there's a lot going on in this industry and it's exciting to see people take ideas and and build upon them. Yeah, and this is this is the people might remember like the the it was a weird idea to have the space shuttle uh drop tested and then also uh ferried from place to place on the back of a 747 and nobody at NASA thought that was a good idea and finally they're like, "Oh yeah, actually that's a great idea." So sometimes um thinking outside the box and and that's what uh Paul Allen is doing. He, Paul Allen, by the way, in addition to spending his Microsoft money on, f- first off, sports teams, also uh, also various space ventures, including this one. So he joins Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk as various billionaires who are going to all meet up in space and play cards or something. I don't know <laughs> how that ends up. What's the Probably. third act? What's the third act of that movie? They they uh, the highest stakes poker game ever be in high orbit. Um, okay, we have one more topic, but before we do that, one last sponsor as well. Download also brought to you this week by Screencast-O-Matic. It's an easy to use screen recorder and video editing tool. It makes collaboration and communication simple for everyone. You can record video announcements, marketing presentations, meetings, webinars, video tutorials, anything you can think of using your Mac, PC, or Chromebook. The Screencast-O-Matic video editor lets you add text, you can add image overlays, you can do animations, put in music, put in narration, put in captions, basically anything you can imagine to make your video shine. You can do it, easily share it, publish your creations to the world. Everything you need is all in Screencast-O-Matic. For a limited time only, you can get started with 50% off a year's subscription by going to screencastomaticcom slash download 50. That's screencast-o-matic dot com slash download 50 or just click the link in the show notes or your podcast app that you're using to listen to download act fast this deal won't be around forever thank you to screencast-o-matic for supporting download on to topic three which is amazon which spent uh, the the second biggest acquisition amazon has done after buying whole foods 1.2 billion dollars <laughs> to buy ring which you may have heard from ads on podcasts it's the smart doorbell with a camera in it that lets you see who's at your door and talk to them it uh amazon previously bought 
another company that also makes a smart doorbell, which is interesting. Uh, they recently settled the lawsuit Ring did with uh, ADT, the home security company. Uh, they were planning to launch a home security product this spring. It makes you wonder maybe if there was something in that that made them decide to sell. Um, Amazon, though, very interested, interesting in that it is acquiring more of these smart home companies and trying to, I think, consolidate what it's doing with, with uh, Alexa and kind of like boost that to another level. So, um, Phil, what do you think about this? Uh, Amazon, Amazon buying Ring and Amazon uh, just sort of like, again, trying to, to keep on <laughs> making purchases in the smart home world. I've always sort of been a, a, a Ring skeptic. Up until uh, smart home products have never struck me as something that I, 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 I need to, to live happily. And then a few weeks ago, I was taking my daughter around to, to sell Girl Scout cookies. Um, and we rang a neighbor's doorbell and, and they weren't home. And so we continued on our merry way. And then minutes later, the neighbor was, was, was flagging us down because they, they saw us on their, their video, um, video doorbell and wanted to buy cookies so it helped us close a sale so i'm all in favor of ring now um uh, why why amazon is interested well amazon is doing such such kooky things now they have that that weird product that lets people let themselves into your home to deliver packages so Uh maybe Mm -hmm. this maybe this ties into that um i i think we personally could do with a little less Amazon in the house. So um, once they control your doorbell and your speaker and your, and your, your various appliances and, and now the food you eat, well, that's, that's giving Jeff Bezos just a little bit too much of a, a foot into, into my door, quite frankly. But if you like it, good for you. There's a lot going down. There's a lot going down in the smart home world. And I see just sort of this parallel in devices between Amazon and Google. You've got the smart speakers that you can choose from. You've got the assistants that you can choose from. The assistants are baked into phones, whether it's Amazon or Google. Then you've got this whole security suite that you can choose from. So with Amazon buying Ring, it's already buying all of that uh, that intellectual property. So it's getting those doorbells. It doesn't have to think about it on its own. Those doorbells are probably um, going to let, you know, dry... Uh, delivery people go into your house and leave boxes and food, sure. But it's also going to be part of this bigger ecosystem that just wholly revolves around the house. And so your lives are now going to be, is it going to be Google? Is it going to be uh, Amazon? Or is it going to be Apple, maybe? Uh, if you decide to lean into that ecosystem, because I know they're really building that out, you know, or is it going to be Samsung? So I see all of these sort of little new ecosystems popping up from this smart home thing, but it's not just a smart home. Like it's just full on who are you going, who are you going to entrust your life to? <laughs> Maybe it's a little deeper than. We planned on going. I'm scared. But that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at because my house is the smart home house. I have every every Google thing in here. Everything is outfitted. There's a voice command for everything in every room. Uh, there's a camera for everything because I'm covering these things now. And just seeing the way that this device category is expanding and how quickly it's expanding. So this, this ring acquisition is just 
this is just like the fifth step of Amazon's total like home domination. And there's going to be so much more to this. Bezos sees what's going on with the tech companies. You know, he sees what's going on, what Google's trying to do too. Um, It's going to be a really interesting battle. It's going to be a really interesting battle. (laughs) I'm thinking of Phil saying I could use a little less Amazon. I think like Amazon, Amazon literally has this plan where it wants every product that you buy like that is shipped to you everything that comes from your local whole foods they want to they they perhaps want to use to own the delivery service if it if it's worth it for them that brings it to you because they're trying out their own uh planes and things like that they uh they want to ring your doorbell if you're not there they want to auto unlock your door and put the box inside who knows perhaps they will load your groceries into your fridge uh perhaps they'll check to see what's expired and take it away i don't know how how deep this this goes but like amazon wants to be completely integrated in every aspect of everybody's life that's their that's but, their game but it's plan. okay because the ceo shoots rockets into space and has a giant clock in a cave so uh, <laughs> it's it's perfectly normal activity he's a clock in a cave <laughs> these aren't at all the things a super villain nope. does why would you even suggest that <laughs> yeah no you're right uh, if only he he didn't look uh, like completely bald and like oh no Oh my God, he is Doctor Evil. It may, it may be. That's another movie from the from the twentieth century, by the way. I just made an Austin Powers reference to go with my Matrix reference from earlier. Ancient, ancient it, it is, movies. It man. is ancient. Who was ancient. in that? Who was in that Austin Powers film? Was that like Charlie Chaplin? I believe it was uh, Buster Keaton oh. and um, Harold Lloyd yeah. teamed up. <laughs> That's right. That. that was it. It's a twentieth century film. It's old. Well, we'll know. We'll, we'll know Amazon really is serious when they put that second headquarters inside a volcano. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's where hq2 is gonna go it's going on nomanison island that's where it's going yeah i do think there is something to to flow to what you're saying about the tension between sort of what ecosystem you're going to live in you know we've had a bunch of echoes in our house and i'm reviewing a home pod and so that's been in the kitchen and i unplugged the echo and i was pretty careful in buying smart home stuff that it worked with both HomeKit and the amazon echo and the sort of skills universe but even like one, you know, one for one, they all work. They're such different ways and have different methodologies. Like I feel that stress right now in my household, right? Like that that's not everyone's happy with the home pod. I want to go back to the way, the way it was. And that's before you get to talking about acquisitions, right? Before you just got to pick a universe, but what if all of a sudden your doorbell doesn't work with the smart assistant, you know, you wanted to use, you know, say Google had bought this instead of Amazon and all of a sudden the echo skill was gone. Now you have something that is like literally hardwired into your house that doesn't work with the the lady in the canister in your kitchen. Like it, it's still, I think this is a good reminder. It's still very early days in this market. And to get too cozy with any one ecosystem or any one product does have some sort of risk to it still until the dust settles. Well, and it's expanding fast, though. That's the thing. It's like, I can't believe... I mean, even Google now has three different smart speakers, which I realize isn't on par with with uh, how many Echo variants that Amazon has. Um, but I see that the two of them are battling out now for content. I mean, we had uh, Google took YouTube from um, the echo devices with screens so you don't have access to that which is like again locking you into a particular ecosystem as regards to the smart home though i think i imagine that ring will stay compatible with what it's been compatible with but to that end honestly it's not 
um, it, it, you're right. It, a lot of stuff is still really nascent and I'm not getting the kind of functionality I want out of uh, the things that I have in my house just yet. But I I don't know. It's just um, this is just a new way that the companies are are coming after our money. And I feel I feel like I want to know everything about it because I I want to empower everybody to make the right buying decisions in this case, because it's more than just bringing new devices into your home. It's more than just like picking a smartphone. Uh, it is picking an ecosystem and that ecosystem includes your data. You know, all this stuff is tied to an email address. And the email address is your key to all these things. And that unlocks all of this data. And so I'm really curious what Amazon is going to do with all that data. I'm very curious to know what is it going to do with all those backlogs of video um, that Ring has? What is it going to do? Is it going to expand on the little neighborhood features that Ring is doing? Like, I'm very curious about how that's all going to unfold and how that's all going to integrate now that Amazon's going to own this. Yeah, it also depends on Amazon's feelings about Ring. It may just be buying them to pull them yeah. in and take all of their kind of big plans and just throw them away because they don't. They, that's not why they bought them. We don't know whether they, yeah, you know, whether they true. value that stuff or whether this is a, a little more just we want to take the to take the doorbell off the market and and own it now i don't know the the you know an ecosystem was working well when you don't feel it when you're in it and then any attempt to leave it you feel really uncomfortable which i think is maybe what steven is going through where the the amazon echo ecosystem is very gentle until the moment that you try to be out of it and then you realize oh no everything is different now and you know you've got apple products in your home steven a lot of them and yet suddenly moving to the home pod from the echo um you you're still feeling the pinch and that's that's why everybody's making ecosystem plays and that's why amazon ultimately you know that's one of the reasons amazon bought ring is it just is incrementally driving people into their own sphere until we're all there it's worth mentioning this is the second smart home acquisition that amazon's done in three months in december it acquired blink which was another smart doorbell company see yeah so it's it does sound a lot like what you're saying, like just trying to take the doorbells off the market to kind of shrink it and keep it so the competition's a little more tight. Because now Nest has a doorbell that's coming out this year that's supposedly supposed to, you know, it says extols all these benefits over the ring because of whatever. It's like more the video's more crispy or whatever and it has machine learning. So it, it's just uh it's gonna be something to really pay attention to, especially as consumers, because you're walking into these brick and mortar stores where you're just doing your weekend, you know, catching up on your weekend chores. You're walking into a Lowe's and then you're seeing this giant display of smart home things that you can choose from. And this is how it's being sold now. Like, you need this. This is going to be a part of your house. It's as much a part of your house as the wood and, you know, the paint on the walls. Uh, it's it's interesting. <laughs> The yep. psychology of all this. The battle, as as you put it, the battle for your life flow. It yeah. will continue until we are all. I know it's dead. a little Wait extreme. A no, no. <laughs> but that's how it. But I feel. I feel like that's what. It's capitalism. What can I say? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to know what Amazon's doing next, just check out your local volcano lair. Precisely. And you can find it out. All right. Before we go, I want to give you, uh, now that we've talked about how Amazon's going to control our lives, uh, let's calm down with the fuzzy puppy update. Um, First off, I want to say there was a uh, fun story about why this is not a fuzzy kitty update, which it could be. 
Um, the New York Times did a story about why so much more uh, scientific research is done on dogs than on cats. And the uh, the punchline is basically dogs are happy to give consent for testing and cats <laughs> refuse, which is it's a little more complex than that. But it is a really fun story. Anyway, that's not the Fuzzy Puppy update. The Fuzzy Puppy update is that puppies have stood the test of time. A new analysis. See again. Here's a scientific study on dogs of 14,000 year old canine remains has shown the earliest evidence of the bond between the humans and the doggies. The dog was buried and seems to have received care for several ailments before its passing, according to a study published in the Journal of Archaeological Science. This shows an emotional attachment to the dog and that prehistoric humans were caring for it. Yes, the bond goes back at least 14,000 years, if not more. That makes more. me so happy. <laughs> Fussy puppy update. Thank you, Stephen, for finding the happiest story about a dog who died that i can recall do what i can take that old yeller Uh Uh, here's what to look out for in the week ahead the geneva car show kicks off on march 8th who's going to switzerland to never mind nobody i'm pretty neutral about that (laughs) oh no uh that brings us to the end though of this edition of download uh flow ion where can people find all the stuff you do uh i tweet every day every day oh that flow daily Um, tweets daily tweets uh and i am covering smart home for tom's guide and review.com so check me out over there just google my name and those sites all right my articles awesome and philip michaels where can people find you and the stuff you do They can find me at tomsguide.com, and you can read all about our Mobile World Congress coverage there, our Galaxy S9 coverage, um, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Philip Michaels. There's just one L in Philip, and mash that like button. Yeah, there you go. And I am your host, Jason Snell. Stephen Hackett has been your producer. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. And until next week, we will keep watching those headlines so you don't have to. Off to Switzerland. Goodbye, everybody.